This is the History Worth Saving podcast. Subscribe, like, and share your story ideas at historyworthsaving.com. And while you're there, you can also pick up a copy of my new book, Tales from High Bluff, Stories My Grandfather Would Like, just by visiting historyworthsaving.com. And a special thank you to our friends at The Conversion Mill for making this episode possible. The Conversion Mill turns your existing website visitors into paying customers. Find more at theconversionmill.com. That's theconversionmill.com. This is the History Worth Saving podcast. Today, we go to Corpus Christi, Texas, not far from my hometown of Portland, and we talk about a theater, an old movie palace, if you will, a theater that has captured my imagination since, well, since I was a kid. When you drive by the Ritz Theater in Corpus Christi, you can't help but look at it and not see it how she is. I mean, she's a grand old lady in tattered rags. I love that description of it. But the old theater inside is truly something worth talking about, and it's something worth saving. And today, a lady who is working incredibly hard to do just that, to save the Ritz Theater, and return it to its former glory is Monica Sawyer. And she's joining us right now. Monica, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about the Ritz. One I of love my it. biggest passions. Well, <laughs> I love it. Tell me, how, how did you fall in love with the Ritz Theater? Well, um, it happened around 2003. And my husband and I, I had moved to Corpus Christi, Texas to be with my husband. And I'm a graphic designer. I've been involved in the creative industry for a long time. And we were actually going to leave. I wasn't too excited about Corpus. And, uh, but I felt like there was something missing that I had, there was something I needed to do. I just had this really overwhelming feeling. And so I got on my bicycle with my little black and white camera and went around town just taking pictures and I came upon the theater, the Ritz Theater. I didn't know it was a theater and the door was open on the side by mistake. And I'm fascinated with old buildings. Uh, I studied architecture for a minute in college. And so I, I went inside and thought, well, this probably isn't too smart. So I called my uh, husband and said, please bring some flashlights. Let's go explore. And we went inside the theater and I gave a talk one time and said it was like discovering the Titanic. Uh, the seats, it was still, you know, red plush velvet seats. There was there were props on stage, uh, costumes on hangers. All the filing cabinets were full of receipts and, and stuff. And it was like someone had locked the door and walked away. And I was just blown away by this place. It was so gorgeous. It's an atmospheric theater, so it looks like it's supposed to be a Spanish courtyard inside. So very difference from a regular old building and I just was fascinated so I started asking around about it and, and turns out um, TRT Development who also owns the Omni chain they had said publicly that they would give the building to anybody who was willing to restore it and so um, I was playing frisbee golf with a good friend of mine Kara Edge one day and I said hey you don't know anything know anybody that knows anything about theaters do you and she started laughing and I said, why, what's so funny? She said, well, my dad's been restoring theaters his whole life. And so I took her dad, Dr. Clifford Edge out to pizza and the three of us talked to him about the Ritz and he knew all about it. And uh, he had done some reports on it for um, the historical commission. 
And he pretty much convinced us over pizza that we needed to start a nonprofit and restore this theater, even though we had absolutely no experience. And so that started it all. And uh, turns out there was a building assessment study that had been done. Barbara Canales, who's our Nueces County judge, uh, she was involved back in 1991 and had tried to get something going. Uh, along with Carol Scott, who's the wife of a, a ex council member, and nothing had gotten going. And so we just started trying to figure it out and put a business plan together and, uh, you know, went through a lot of struggles. But every year we just we keep doing it, keep chugging on one foot in front of the other and have managed to save this beautiful theater. And now fast forward a little while, the, the building is yours. You have recently raised enough money that you think you can uh, put a new roof on it. And really, nothing can happen until the roof is in place. Am, am I wrong in that understanding? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And it's something that we've been trying to do for years. This project is definitely a passion project. It's a side project for everyone. We have had no paid staff. It's just been something we all do kind of in our spare time. And that's probably why it's taken so long. Um, and then, you know, for a long time, we didn't have ownership of the theater. We couldn't get anybody to donate money to us because Bob Rowling, who owned TRT, who owned the theater, was at the time the 13th richest man in the country. And so we couldn't get anybody to donate to us. And and so it, it took a big chunk of our history just to get the theater donated to us. And then once we finally did, that's when we started getting small donations and uh kind of had to come back from the organization almost being shut down. And, and so we've, we've gone through some major struggles and top of the list through all these years has been the roof. So to get money from the city and County and uh, through this TERS program, and actually today is the day that they're going to start working on the roof. Uh, it's a major milestone and really needed to happen before anything else could happen. So you walk into this, theater and 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 when was that when was your first discovery let's let's get the timeline set because i want people to understand that that sometimes you can be a 30-year overnight success and that's <laughs> that's the vast majority of, of of experiences that people have when they're doing something like this when when was that first experience with the ritz it was in uh late 2003 was when I first discovered it. We didn't actually start the nonprofit until, um, well, our, our board, we got a board together in 2006. So technically the nonprofit started in 2005, but it was really 2006 before we got uh, organized. And then uh, we got the building donated to us two days before Christmas in 2010. But by that point, everything had pretty much disintegrated. So we had, and I had just had a baby, so I was ready to offload this thing. And um, and then I got a call on my drive up to Tulsa to visit my husband's family, and, and um, they said we're, we're transferring title to you. <laughs> and I said, wow. Oh, great, great. So then we had to regroup and start over. And in 2012, we got on Texas's most endangered places list, which was pretty big, and got a proclamation um, from the state, and so that was pretty big. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's we've had been trying some major things and getting a lot of no's, getting turned down a lot, and and had tried to get money from the city at several major points, and then it wasn't until last year that we got accepted 
to get get on this TERS program, which is a tax increment redevelopment zone grant. And so um, we were actually, we were applying for 300,000, but they approved us for 100,000, taking a chance on this theater. And that that's the first major money we've we've been able to receive. And that was a match. We had to raise $100,000 to get the 100,000 from the city. So now we've got about $200,000 to work with to dig into this roof and make that happen and start on some plumbing and um, just some major functionality of the theater. Why is this important? I mean, why, why do these old theaters matter? Well, this one in particular is one of the last remaining historic buildings in downtown. The other one a lot of people know about is the county courthouse or the um, federal courthouse, sorry, and um, that's in really bad shape that would probably take, I don't know, some people have said 35 million, 50 million and up. Uh, it's, it's in really bad shape. So this is the most viable, uh, as far as restoration goes, historic building. But, you know, when we first got involved, we got together with the League of Historic American Theaters, which is a group that um, brings together everybody that's involved in historic theater restoration and, and historic theater running of his, historic theaters, making them profitable. And, and really to find out, is this something that is worthwhile? And what we discovered is a restored historic theater that's functional um, can bring in major economic impact for the city, major dollars for the city. And Corpus Christi is struggling. You know, we, like all cities, we're um, experiencing a um, you know, some financial strain. And so as we were looking at this theater, it's like, well, how can this be an income generator for the city? And so we've got some major ideas for that. One being um, a show that we broadcast to the nation, you know, putting content out um, to the rest of the country. So where we could attract people to Corpus Christi and um, be part of this live taping, be a part of uh, what's going on at the Ritz. So that really got me theater. excited when you said that. <laughs> I, I mean, I was I've been thinking about it because what a, what an incredible place. I mean, these these theaters that are that are designed this way, uh, where you walk in and it is um, I, I love the term that you used, uh, but when you walk in, it is an experience, right? Because you're you, you feel like you're almost outside. You're in this Spanish courtyard, and you can just see it with the uh, sort of the sunset roof. Uh, being lit uh, with the blue lights or however they used to do that. Uh, and it would be a magical place. I mean, I mean a real window uh, into a world that, uh, that you just don't see uh, in South Texas. There's nothing like it down there. So uh, being up in Atlanta when you go to the Fox or uh, any of these other historic you know, buildings, I think there's one in El Paso that comes to mind um, that, that yeah. sort of looks similar to uh, what the Ritz would have looked like. But, but to have a, a taping... Uh, and, a, and a show that is uniquely Corpus Christi. I think it'd be fantastic. I think you have a, a real winner on your hand there. I, we just got to get this thing over the edge and, and get it restored. <laughs> yeah, and we, we mean for the Ritz to be a creative hub for the city to really stimulate that creative class. We've got a thriving underground art scene here. I mean, you wouldn't believe the talent that's coming out of here. We have a... Uh, Latin Grammy nominated artist here um, that's right across the street from me is producing some great things and um, both in fine art, dance, music, um, even our comedy scene is really great. And so um, a lot of people don't know about it because they don't get highlighted. And so the Ritz, 
one of the things that we've got in our plan is an artist nurturing program so that our nonprofit essentially becomes a granting organization where we support um, these creative people. If they can prove that they're willing to stay local, then, you know, we'll help them um, with marketing and design, you know, for getting the word out about their concerts or whatever's happening and really be a support system for the creative class here so that we can grow that and keep people in Corpus Christi to where they're like, well, Corpus Christi is where it's at. This is, you know, enriching my creative life and, you know, has the support that we need. Cause that was something that was lacking when I first moved here. I felt a complete lack of creative support as a creative professional. And so to, to be able to do that for people through our programming and then all the while, you know, attracting people to Corpus Christi through other programs. Well, it's a beautiful place. And one of my favorite places, Dr. Rockets right there beside it. Uh, I mean, what a <laughs> I, that whole town uh, is is just it's as if it's waiting to be discovered uh, continuously. So I hope the Ritz, would, once its doors reopen, I, I hope it uh, I hope it really turns the uh, turns the tide, so to speak, uh, for downtown. Let's talk about some of the history because this thing got started back in the 1920s, and it it's just been going and going and going, and then in the 80s. Uh, really the 80s, I think. I remember a few rock concerts there in the 90s, but but really, <laughs> you know, in the 80s was, was sort of uh, the, the downfall. But, but talk about the heyday of the Ritz uh, just a little bit. Uh, paint that picture for us. Well, when it opened, it opened on Christmas Day, 1929. And so it opened as one of the finest theaters in the state. It was a really, really big deal. And uh there were there were all kinds of movie premieres. It, it was a movie, you know, movie palace, and it was really fancy. You couldn't eat inside of the theater. You know, it was a place where you went to really go and have a, a very different experience. And then they went through and um, entertained a lot of military personnel um, over the years. But then uh, people really remember the Ritz in the seventies and eighties when it was the Ritz Music Hall. And, you know, that to me, that was the heyday because that was when it was probably the most thriving that we that current residents remember. You know, we have people coming in and talking all the time about concerts that they went to when it was the Ritz Music Hall and some really big name artists uh, really got their start there. Like B.B. King and Charlie Daniels, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson. Um, And then it. transition to more of a heavy metal place, ACDC, Metallica, Rush, um, some of those types of bands came and played. And so you got, you know, you saw kind of this whole transition of what was happening um, with music in America, you know, that was also happening right here in Corpus Christi and the Ritz. And a lot of these big name artists, you know, got their start playing around here. What's left? I mean, what do we have to work with down there? For the building, the building's actually in pretty good shape. We've had some restoration professionals come, and as uh, theater restorations go, we're looking at a pretty low-budget one at $12 million, <laughs> 12 to $15 million. Usually big theaters like ours, are the Ritz seats about 1,000 people, and those types of renovations can run 20 to $30 million. So, you know, we're, we're actually in pretty good shape as far as that goes. And then... Um, the rest of downtown is really rising up around the Ritz. So that's, I think, why we're seeing movement now with the money that we've gotten for the roof. 
was one of the reasons is right across the street, um, the Lomaxes, uh, Leslie and Ben Lomax took our old Greyhound bus station and restored it into a really um, beautiful bar and outdoor space. And so now we've got a, a lot of people that go over there and they're, um, you know, there are a lot of the movers and shakers around town, the young professionals, and they're sitting, having a drink, staring at the Ritz all day and all night. And so we've, that's when we really started seeing some movement was when people started going to bus this bar and, uh, and seeing what was across the street and why isn't that restored? What's happening? What is it? And starting to talk to our council members, like what's happening with the Ritz. And so it wasn't just coming from us. It was coming from other people and kind of unsolicited. So that was really great. And we've got um, some mural artists that have really um, just descended onto Corpus Christi and are helping making downtown more beautiful. So a lot of visible change is happening right now. And that's really good for the Ritz's mission and, you know, our, you know, trying to get people involved and to care about it. You know, to us, it blows our mind that people can't see how the Ritz could really change the face of downtown can change, you know, everything that's happening here. But, um, you know, it takes some convincing. I'm surprised. I, re- I really am. I mean, because the town that uh, that saw the rise of Selena and so many, I mean, Freddie Fender, all of these people that, that are from there, uh, it, you would just think that it, this is this is worth doing. I mean, I, I see it. I know you see it and a lot of other folks do. Uh, but But there needs to be some horsepower behind this financially. You know, in Monica, in these these projects that that I have followed over the years, the big money is the easy money, but it's the, you know, it's the day to day once the place is restored that that really becomes arduous, and the show idea of of a national broadcast, something that uh, that that really highlights it. I'm guessing that's part of the business plan because uh, there's a lot that uh, that has to happen to make a theater uh, really really uh, run. And you had some other ideas too, maybe even movies again. Talk to me about that because that's a major investment to get a, a you know a projector and everything else back in there. Well, it's got a lot cheaper now with digital film, um, and so one of the things that we've been doing is talking with the partners around town or potential partners. One being KDT, our local public broadcasting system, and we pitched to them um, about them being our partner and coming and kind of taking over the projection booth and that being a KDT booth and and that they help us with this broadcast show as well. And, and so I think that's going to really help the cause is, is getting partners like that involved to take ownership in the theater. And then um, with, you know, just the different programming that helps educationally, you know, our youth and people trying to make a name for themselves, trying to build a business, uh, you know, people are really into education. So we think that the theater, even right now, we've brought some kids in to kind of, um, you know, be mentor, I guess, and, um, and watch what's going on. We had Delmar, they turned their, uh, drafting class into a redraw the Ritz class for two years and came in and measured the Ritz and and got us architectural plans, which we didn't have to pay for then. So, you know, we're looking at ways that we can really integrate with the community and do things to where we're, our, our program, our nonprofit, and, and all the things that we do within the Ritz are vital to the city and to the community. And, 
and engaging in different ways that people care about it a lot. And if it went away, it would be terrible, you know? And so that's what we're looking at is how, how can we get more and more people to care about what goes on in there? So you, you walk in there back in the early two thousands and you, you have your flashlights and you're looking around the, the day that you went back though, uh, when it was, I guess, uh, okay. If you went back and <laughs> you could kind of let your guard down maybe uh, a little bit, what, what did you find that has surprised you the most has, has really uh, been that, that memory of discovery for you? What, what have you found? Well, um, the first thing that comes to mind was, I'm sure it was a prop, but it was really freaky, was a dentist chair. And there is this storage room. It was like a maintenance closet type of room that you have to go down some stairs and it's very dark in there. And, you know, I opened the door. I'm, of course, just walking around with my husband and I. He's off somewhere, so I was probably alone. And I opened this door, and it looked like a torture chamber down this dark, dusty hallway into this maintenance room. And there's, you know, like wires and all this stuff, and then a dentist chair. It looked like, you know, some bad things happened. Yeah, a little creepy, <laughs> so that, huh? <laughs> it, that was pretty creepy. Um, so we figured out it was probably a prop. Uh, I think they probably did Little Shop of Horrors or something um, there at some point. Um, so that really freaked me out. Also, um, the theater had gone through some changes over the years, and it was probably around the 50s or 60s. They, they changed some of the structure. And so if you go back behind the stage um, into this machine room area, there's a door where you can actually crawl into the air handler and it was this giant air handler and you know, that'll be ripped out. We don't, we don't need all that today, but if you crawl in there, there's a secret hallway back there that actually leads down some other stairs and background and, and dumps you underneath the stage. And, um, and so you can, if you go back there, there's all kinds of, you know, graffiti and writing from when people snuck in there, but it's, you can see the original structure and original path of, you know, where a hallway might've been. And that's all been covered up because they had installed this huge air handler. So it was kind of like, you know, discovering this lost little city underneath the stage. And that was, that was really interesting. Theaters are just then, magical places by themselves. <laughs> and then when you find something like that, uh, it, it, it really becomes remarkable. You know, do you ever stop and think about all of the experiences that have, have gone on there? I mean, every seat uh, holds a unique story. When you're at an event or a, a movie, a first-run movie, maybe Gone with the Wind. I mean, whatever it was that, that happened there, that's a, that's a whole bank, if you will, uh, of of experiences, and I and I'm looking forward to to hearing uh, in the future some new ones. What do you What do you hope happens first uh, for for this huge project? We have the roof. What's next? Well, now we're really looking to launch a capital campaign because you know we're securing the building now, and and we need a little bit more money to do that. But then we need to really look at the big picture and. We have some people um, kind of waiting in the wings that we want to hire. And these are theater restoration professionals because, you know, we don't presume to think that we know it all. And so we, we want to bring in the professionals that know how to do it and have been through it and can help us keep, help keeping, keep us from making mistakes. And um, so that's going to take some big money to get 
the whole team and that's really what I'm looking for next is to build the team to make this happen and we're slowly doing that with our board we've got some great new board members and we're going to be doing a um bringing in some more board members after the first of the year and then uh launching a capital campaign so that we can really pull the trigger on the full restoration we want to do a restoration back to what it looked like in 1929 when it first opened so full historic and that's going to be incredible. I can't. I want to come. I can't wait to see it when it's <laughs> when it's finally finished. What is the completion time? I know everybody asks that question to you, and I'm sure a lot of it is dependent on money. But but what do you really see as a as a viable timeline for getting this done? Well, I think we are on our way. I mean, we've pulled the trigger in a sense with the roof, and so that's that's a move we've been trying to make for years. So to me, I'm hoping that that was the tipping point. And the actual restoration doesn't take that long if, if we can do it all compact in, in one fell swoop. And it probably take between a year and 18 months. And so that's once we have most of the money. And so the money raising, I expect to take another couple years. And then, you know, we can start the restoration after that. So I'm hoping that we can, you know, get open in less than five years is, is the goal. Um, that would be that would be great. <laughs> well, you know, it just takes one Exxon or somebody like that to, to come down there and, and realize uh, the potential that this can deliver. You know, with so much being talked about right now it, with STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math, and they're adding that A in there right now mm-hmm. uh, with the arts, it makes you wonder. Um, you know, you've, you've already sort of alluded to this that uh, there are folks uh, involved in. Well, the, the redesign, uh, draw the Ritz from uh, from Del Mar and at other universities down there that are or colleges. There, there are there are a lot of things that have to go into a theater, uh, from physics lessons to uh, to lighting to sound design to electrical engineering. There, there's so many things. Uh, you really do. You have your own little STEM project down there for the next few years, and I think it's great that you're involving uh, uh, those types of folks because often they get left out of the arts, right? I mean, it's a two way yeah. street. You can have too much art and you can have not enough science, but, but for a lot of the folks that are in science, there's never any art. I mean, there's not a lot of art. So I think it's great that you're involving them. Uh, talk to us about, uh, about ways that you can get involved. If someone hears this, maybe they're not in Texas, uh, outside of sending a check, what else can they do? Do you have a, a regular work party down there? Is there, is there a way to get involved uh, with the Ritz? Yes, yeah, so we um, we have monthly meetings, so you're welcome to attend or even just call in and listen in. And you can find out how to get a hold of us at ccritz.com and, you know, contact me. I'm usually the person that answers those emails and phone calls. And then also we have a big fundraiser that we do every year. We completed our second year on K-Bueno Taco Fest. And... That came up actually from Dusty Oliveira, who is the Grammy nominated, Latin Grammy nominated artist I was talking about, of how, you know, what could we do for the Ritz that would be our signature event every year and, but be different than the normal ball where you're, there's a silent auction and some chicken and, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And he mentioned tacos and we're like, okay, well, how does that, how does that fit in with the Ritz? And he's like, everybody tacos are trending right now and you can attach tacos to anything. And, and so we started thinking about it and it's like, you know, this theater is about bringing people together and tacos bring people together. 
And so we, um, we launched Que Bueno Taco Fest, but the idea behind Que Bueno is actually to make it more than a taco fest. So K, the Que Bueno brand is what we're going to be developing. The Taco Fest was kind of the launching point for that. And, uh, you know, it's a foodie festival. We've got gourmet tacos and we have a taco competition. But then we had a taco song contest and a, a taco poetry slam. And we have a Chihuahua beauty contest. And then there's a fine art contest that goes along with it for children right now. And we're expanding that to adults. And so any way we can, you know, do some creative things with tacos as a theme. But then really the way that's going to expand is through the K Bueno brand. And, and that stands for what's good. And we'll be doing a film festival and an art show and some more creative projects around the K Bueno brand. So that's going to be our big event that we do every year. Right now it's in September, probably stay around the second weekend in September. And so that's a really great way for people to get involved is just to be a part of K Bueno and because that directly impacts the theater and, and it's a, and it's fun and it's something we can do all year. That's not dependent on actually getting in the building. And um, so that's the immediate thing. Also helping us plan our artist nurturing program. We're working with a bunch of folks in Austin right now on the artist nurturing program. And also on that broadcast show I was talking about, we've met with um, the owners of Austin city limits and talked to them about, you know, what makes Austin city limits work. And the recommendation to us was focus on local because we were originally thinking, oh, we'll bring back everybody that had played in the Ritz and they can be guest stars and then we'll have people play their music or something like that. And, and uh, the recommendation was, no, that's a lot of red tape. Focus on what makes you guys special. Focus on your local community, your local musicians, your local artists. I like it. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah. Sending out the local message. That's what it's all about, bringing people together. And uh, the Ritz is doing that. If you want to find out more about the Ritz Theater, way down there in Corpus Christi, it's ccritz.com. We'll quick link it in the show. Monica, I love what you're doing. Thank you for thank, uh, you. thank you for coming on here and you know, thanks for stepping up, right? I love it. You you're out there walking around. You got your you know, your your bike, you're thinking about leaving and then all <laughs> of a sudden, oh my goodness, what is this? Man, we've all had those moments, and uh, when those happen, you just have to harness it and and run with it, and you've done just that. Thanks for coming on and sharing about us. Will you come back and keep us up oh, to date? anytime. On how the I Ritz... I talk about the Ritz all day long. <laughs> it's history worth saving. I love it. Thanks, Monica, for coming on today. Thank you, Matt. Listen, folks, if there's something in your hometown that uh, has captured your imagination, what's holding you back? Be like Monica. Get out there and uh, and see what you can do because odds are there's there's a community of people that, that want to be involved with it, just like you. So take this as that sign from on high, if you will, to make it happen. ccritz.com. If you have not already gone to their website, do so because there are some really cool pictures on there of the Ritz, the way it was back in the 20s, and the way they want it to be. Check it out. Also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, please consider joining it. It's just history worth saving right there on Facebook. Check the book out. It's online. It's ready to be in your hands. Tales from High Bluff, stories my grandfather would like. It's a new book. I'd love to have it in your hands. Uh, Send me an email or just buy it on the website or wherever books are sold. Thanks for uh, for sticking with us today. And uh, listen, get out there and meet your neighbors 
and make good things happen in your hometown. Until next time, I'm Matt Jolly, and this is History Worth Saving. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.